Thank you for tuning into Air and Earth, the podcast that lifts you up and keeps you grounded. I'm your host, Melissa Moffat, and I'm here to share some information that I've found helpful in my own life, as well as interview people on topics ranging from self-love of body, soul, and mind, social, environmental, and animal justice, mindfulness, business, relationships, ethics, and so much more with the intention of supporting you on your healing and growth journey as you strive to love yourself, those around you, and the planet just a little more. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Erin Earth Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because we are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I have been really learning and also implementing in the past few years, and that is how to chill the fuck out. Okay, sorry for the language there, but you know, like, how to do less. I think I have so many people in this audience, and um, I was like this too, who feel like our worth is equated with how much we're doing. Okay, how much we're caring for others, how much work we're getting done, how productive we are, um, all of those things. And I've been learning over the past few years that it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Our our worth is inherent in who we are. Um, I was just listening to a podcast episode by James Wedmore, and he gave this great example where he said that If you are a mom or a dad or you have a younger sibling or you have a niece or nephew or if you've just ever held a newborn baby, you don't look down at the baby and say, well, you don't deserve anything because you haven't worked, you haven't been productive, you haven't cared for others yet. No, they're they're just born worthy. Their deservedness is not equated to output. It's inherent in who we are. And if we can learn how to sit back and relax into who we are and step into our alignment of what we love, um, loving ourselves, loving others, using our gifts to support the world, and letting ourselves be supported as well, we will find that there is this constant cycle of support that is coming for us. And I read a book this week um, called Do Less. And I shared it in my Instagram story the other day, and it just totally resonated with me. There's a lot of things that I've already been implementing in my life in the book, but there are some things that I also was like, whoa, dang, (laughs) that is new. And that is revolutionary. And that is, uh, something that I want to I want to start doing. So I want to share some of those things with you all. I want to share ways that I have started to do less in my own life. And let me just take you all back for a minute to where I was a while ago. So I used to do a whole heck of a lot. (laughs) A lot, a lot, a lot. So I'm 26 going on 27. Uh, My birthday's actually less than a month away. And I was just in grad school a few years ago. And before grad school, I was an undergrad, obviously. And my last few years of undergrad were extremely busy and into grad school, extremely busy. And they were all things that I took on myself. So I was in engineering school 
which is very hard. <laughs> it's a lot of work, um, a lot of time spent studying. And on top of that, I really wanted to be a professor. So I was very interested in academia, um, doing research, things like that. And for anyone who has ever spent time in the research world or in, um, you know, advanced academics, you know that there is this culture of, okay, you're going to work 100 hours a week at least. You're going to be studying, you're going to be doing research, you're going to be writing papers, you're going to be here late at night, you're going to be here early in the morning. You better forget everything else that you love doing because this is your life now. And while that might be fine for some people, although I would argue that that culture is not really healthy in the long run, um, I've seen how it can uh, just wear people down into the ground, and it was wearing me down. So those are the assumptions of how you're going to operate when you're in that world. So that's what I was doing. I was in school learning but I was also doing research, I was also grading papers, but I was very stubborn and I was like, I am not gonna quit doing the things I love to do. So at the same time, I was dancing. Um, my last semester, I was dancing six days a week. I was training to be the Sugar Plum Fairy. I was also in choir um, and I was also taking graduate level courses, and I was completing my senior capstone project, which is a lot, a lot of work. So, <laughs> I had no time to slow down. I had no time to just sit and think and be. I was meditating a bit at this point, so that really helped save my sanity, but I was still just like stressed out, stressed, stressed, stressed out. And at one point, I got bronchitis, which I used to get a lot. And fun fact, now that I've been implementing, um, you know, mindfulness techniques and practices in my own life where I'm not as stressed, I'm like, I'm y'all, I barely get stressed. Like, <laughs> I mean, I do, but I just, I know how to handle it at this point. I don't let it build up. Like, I used to let it build up until I was having panic attacks and migraines and just, living, you know, someone else's life, right? So I I let myself get run down to the ground and I got bronchitis. And because of all the pressure I felt, I couldn't step away from classes. I couldn't step away from dance training. I couldn't step away from doing research. I couldn't let my team down by, you know, taking a day off or whatever. So I didn't. And I was sick for six weeks, and I lost like 15 pounds, and I ended up having pneumonia and pleurisy, which is like where your ribs get really inflamed, and they hurt when you breathe. And I was coughing nonstop to the point where my professor was like, <laughs> one time I was coughing in class, and he was like, I wonder if Melissa will ever stop coughing, because <laughs> I'd just been coughing for like a month. But I didn't let myself slow down enough to get better. And the stress was affecting me physically. And I'm sure you've seen people like that. I know people like that. Like my own father had heart problems because of his, his inability to let himself slow down and to listen to his heart, which he's doing now. And I'm so proud of him. But that is why, that's one of the biggest reasons why our society faces so much loneliness, so much regret, so many 
health problems, so many mental health problems, is how much pressure we put on ourselves to keep going, keep doing, keep producing. So I, that was a wake-up call for me. The next time I got bronchitis, which is the last time I've had bronchitis, I was in grad school, I took a few days off. I just told my professor and I told my research team that I was going to stay home and rest. And you know what? The world didn't end and I got better in a few days. What a... (laughs) What a concept, right? So since then, I've really practiced taking care of myself, and I am way more in alignment with what I want to do. I feel like I'm having a bigger impact because I'm actually doing the things I love to do, and I'm getting support. And so I want to dive into talking about some of those things that you can do. And I'm going to use this book as an outline just because I recently read it, and it really... It really, um, yeah, it resonated with me a lot. And there's some some new information in here that I think is really handy. So if you're interested in reading this book, it's called Do Less by Kate Northrup. And it's awesome. And you can maybe hear me turning the pages right now. So she goes into, like, the why of why you should do less, which I just kind of gave a little example Um, you know, we see all around the world where companies like Google, um, places in Europe, if I have any European friends, hi, um, or Australia are, you know, giving their workers more time off. Here in America, my corporate job, I had two weeks off. And I remember I told an Australian friend about that and she was like, two weeks, but yeah, it's, (laughs) and you know, people will go to work and drill themselves into the ground and just be waiting for the, that week off you know, that's a few months away. And to me, that is no way to spend a life. And I refuse to do it. Not going to do it. Um, but she gives all, all great examples for why we should be doing less. So check those out. They're in the book. Um, but one thing that she goes into that was a new concept for me that I hadn't really considered. So I have considered listening to your body, okay? And this is something I've gotten better at. I just gave an example. If you're sick, lay down. If you're tired, take a nap. Just the other day, I spent two nights. I usually go to bed pretty early, and I wake up pretty early. But I spent two nights in a row. I was awake till like 11 or 11.30, which is pretty late for me. And then I wake up um, around like 6.30. So I was really tired. I woke up. Um, this past Saturday at 6.30, I was up till about 9.30 and I was just cranky. I was mad. (laughs) I didn't feel good. My head hurt. So I laid back down from 9.30 until 11. Then I woke up and then I ate (laughs) and then I read this book for a little bit. And then guess what? I was like, you know, I'm just going to go back to sleep again. So I slept again from 12 until 3. I got up, I did some normal Saturday stuff, I did a tiny bit of work, there was an awesome festival that I walked around, Um, I got myself a pair of earrings by like a handmade lady jewelry designer, and she was awesome, and I had a great day, but if I had just been like, no, I need to be productive, I need to vacuum, I need to do my laundry, I need to do all these things, I need to go out and be social, I need to be awake when I need to be awake then my day would not have been as good. 
And I slept great that night too, by the way. I went to bed at like 10 and slept for like eight hours and it was perfect. We just have to listen to our bodies. But what I was getting to is that one thing that she pointed out in this book is that if you are a woman, which I know many of my listeners are women, you're not only needing to listen to the cycles that you feel come up, but we have we have an ingrained cycle already in us. We have our menstrual cycle, right? Which has different energies for the four different periods of the period. <laughs> Get it? Okay, anyway. But we feel different ways during different times of our cycle. And when we honor that and work with our bodies instead of forcing against our bodies naturally we can get more done naturally we feel better sometimes we feel tired we feel like we want to look inward we feel like we want to be alone we feel like we want to take a nap right we have to honor how we feel during those periods of our lives sometimes we feel super productive we want to work out we want to get all our shit done. We have these fresh, amazing ideas. We feel like we could work like all day and just like bust stuff out. And we have to go with the flow of that. And I used to be someone who was like, I have to stay consistent, but I don't want to be consistent anymore because I don't always feel consistently the same way. And now that I take care of myself and I honor myself and I honor how I feel emotionally, physically, where I am along my cycle, where I am in life, how I feel in relation to whatever season it is, whatever season I am in a relationship with a person or with my business or whatever, when I honor that, That is when things start to flow more easily instead of me just putting in more resistance, putting in more pressure, getting stuck, getting frustrated, getting set back. So we have to honor our bodies. As women, we have to honor our cycles. If you're a man, honor how you feel as well. But us, especially as women, we've been pushed down for so long to say that the way we feel is, right, it's like hysteria or it's, We're too emotional. We don't have a place at the table, right? But now we are starting to step up to the plate and say, no, this is part of who I am. And not only is it part of who I am, but it is beautiful. We create life. We create so much in our own special, beautiful way. And when we honor that, we can achieve and do and accomplish so much. And it doesn't have to be this big ordeal that we can just do it naturally and with kindness to ourselves and with gentleness toward ourselves and with honor and reverence to our bodies. And that was one of the biggest things I gained out of this book is just like, especially as a woman, stepping into, okay, how am I feeling physically, emotionally, mentally? All of those things are tied together spiritually, right? How can I honor that? How can I line up what I plan to do today as far as work, as far as social obligations to honor where I am? And I find that 
if I have a moment where I feel frustrated, if I have a day where I feel down, if I have a period where I'm sick, I can get through it so much more easily than during the periods of time when I did not honor how I felt. I did not embrace all of who I was. So another thing that I want to talk about that's, that's talked about in this book is receiving help. And this is a big one for me. It's been a big one for me in the past few years. And I see that this is so huge with so many women. I have mostly women who come through my course worthy. I have some men too. So hit me up if you're a man and you're wanting to get worthy, um, which is really exciting for me. But I have mostly women, and we have a whole week on receptivity. And actually, as I'm recording that this, this is receptivity week. So the week is all about learning why you should be receiving, why you should be asking for help, why you need support, and also recognizing why we have shied away from that support right? And it always blows people's minds. (laughs) This is a week that I I completely added it in after the the first organization of how I did the course because I saw that this was so needed. We as women and and men and anywhere in between, we've come to this point in our society where we feel so much pressure to be independent and to do everything on our own and to be perceived a certain way. So we don't want to ask for support. We don't want to admit that we don't know something. We're afraid of being judged. And it's okay because we've we've been hurt before for asking for help or asking for support. But through getting hurt, we are also learning. We are gaining discernment, right? So along that path, we can learn where do I need to ask for support? From whom should I be asking for support? I just said whom, y'all. Was that right? (laughs) From whom should I be asking that support? And in what way can I ask for support? And just really say, okay, not only is it safe for me to receive support and to ask for support, it's also necessary Because I can't do it all on my own. We are community-oriented beings. We have been since humans were first evolving. But somewhere along the way, we cut ourselves off from that. And we decided we wanted to look a certain way. And we wanted to keep up with the Joneses or whatever. Whatever happened, it doesn't matter now. But we now need to focus on moving forward. How can I open myself up to get that support And that may look different for everyone, depending on your needs. For me, it meant when I was ready to step into being self-employed, it meant moving home. And it meant asking friends to listen to me whenever I was sad or felt alone or felt frustrated. It meant investing in mentors and coaches to help me learn how to do this thing I wanted to do. And now moving forward, it means starting to 
get more help in the business that I'm working to grow because I can't do it all anymore, you all. I can't. Like last week, I didn't do a podcast episode because I was busy and I was not going to sacrifice my my mental health and my fun in life to do this. But that gives me clarity that moving forward, it's time for me to get more help. It's time for me to take on people who can help me with the podcast, people who can help me stay organized. And I'm still always getting help from people who can help me get inspired about what's coming next and what I'm trying to create. You know, part of that for me is listening to podcasts, listening to books. But it's also, you know, it doesn't ha- just have to be in our careers or in our educations. It can also be in our relationships, right? One thing that Kate wrote in this book that really resonated with me, I was like, oh my God, that is me. <laughs> I... In relationships, I used to be so cut off from receiving support because I was like, I am an independent woman, I am strong, I can support myself, I can do all of these things, right? And I can, okay? I'm smart, I'm capable, like all of you listening, you are so freaking smart and capable and deserving and beautiful, but you don't have to do it all on your own. So I would out of my own pride, out of my own fear of being pushed away for needing help or being perceived as weak or insufficient or unlovable, I did everything, right? So I was planning everything. I was doing all the chores, you know, like I wouldn't allow space for someone to step in and take the reins because I just had this inaccurate perception that I had to do it all or it wasn't going to get done. And that's not the case. When we step back and we stop micromanaging and we stop controlling and we step back, the space will get filled in for us by the universe, by the people who are there loving us. And sometimes that does mean that people leave, right? People may exit out of our lives. Physical objects may need to exit. Careers may need to exit. And that space is uncomfortable and hard. The space that's left behind, right? The feeling after a breakup, the feeling after losing a job or stepping away from a job, the feeling after a move, feeling after recognizing that a friendship is no longer serving either of you. But within that space is the next phase of your evolution. It is the next level that you are reaching for. It is your growth. It is who you are becoming in every single moment. And if we open ourselves up and say, okay, I'm ready for the good. I'm ready for it. I've let that stuff go. I'm, I'm letting go of the emotional baggage. I'm letting go of the resentment. I'm letting go of the fear. We can see the opportunities. We can see the amazing, incredible new friendships. We can see how our relationships can evolve. We can see the new ideas forming. We can start expanding our capacity to welcome change because we are always changing. We don't have to cling to those old versions of ourselves. We can keep growing and keep going and keep 
expanding, right? And that is the juice of life. That is embracing who you are in this present moment, no matter what that version of you is. And we just have to take a step back, right? We have to take a step back and say, okay, I'm ready for that. And although it's going to be uncomfortable, and although I don't know exactly how I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to start trying. There is a analogy that I love. That is, you can't steer a car that isn't moving, right? So sometimes we don't know how we're going to get somewhere. We don't know the path. We don't know the direction to take. But we have to start trying. We have to start moving. We have to start asking for that support. And then guess what? Once we're moving, we can steer. We can redirect ourselves. We can pause and say, okay, how did that work for me? Reflect. Okay, how can, how can I do better moving forward? So you just have to start trying to open yourself up to receiving, to listening to your body, to taking rest, to letting things go, surrendering, letting yourself be as you are, letting yourself have fun, letting yourself have more joy, more of those moments that are like, oh my God, this is life, this is living, whatever that means for you, letting those moments sink into your bones. And life gets easier. It doesn't have to be so hard. And again, I bring it back to this every time, okay? Because so many of us listening to this podcast are so freaking blessed, right? I am so blessed. I'm sitting in a home in freaking Boulder, Colorado. I woke up this morning. I, you know, like did work I love. I practiced some yoga. I just ate some delicious food. I think I'm going to go get a manicure and then I'm going to go do some more work at a coffee shop with my matcha latte. Like, holy shit, is my life ridiculously blessed. Okay, so here's my responsibility and here is my mission. Okay, now that I have processed my emotional baggage and I'm continuing to do that all the time. When I have expendable energy, when I have space that isn't consumed with my frustrations and my worries and my my obsession with doing more and, and staying busy, I have more to give back. I have more energy to put back out into the world. I can hold space better. For a friend, someone in Worthy, this last call I had with them gave a perfect example of this. We've been doing the work now for a few weeks. Okay, so we just had letting go week, forgiveness week, enoughness week, gratitude week, and we're moving into receptivity week. So those first few weeks are pretty hard because it's it's a lot of letting go. It's a lot of just like shifting all the stuff, getting ready for the new. And one of my course members, my community members, is a nurse. And she said, you know, I work with cancer patients. And it's always been uncomfortable for me to listen to them when they're scared and upset. 
And I always just kind of brushed over it and been like, I'm fine. <laughs> or you're fine. And, <laughs> you know, you're going to be fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Don't be sad. Ah! And it was just based out of her own uncomfortableness, right? And now that she has created so much more space in herself and so much more compassion for herself, she now has more space to really listen to these people who are going through one of the hardest things imaginable, cancer, and say, these feelings that you have are normal. You're not alone, and I'm here for you. And just by listening to them, she is serving them so well. So this work, this work, right, this taking care of ourselves, is not just for us. It is not selfish. It is in a way, we want to feel better, right? And there's nothing wrong with just wanting to feel better and have joy, but it also gives us the capacity to do good for the world, whatever that means for you. That can look different for everyone, whether that means serving your patients, being present with your kids and raising them, being present with your partner. Maybe you're interested in the political climate in the world or climate change. When you have more space, when you have more energy, when you give yourself more compassion, you can give it back out into the world. And that is why we do this work. It is the cycle of fulfillment. Okay? And that sense of fulfillment doesn't have to come from this constant output of productivity and energy and trying to prove to ourselves that we can do it and, no, I've got this on my own and I'm independent and I don't need your help. It comes from us joining together. It comes from us being compassionate. It comes from us being generous with ourselves. It comes from grace. And we all have that in our hearts. We just have to take the layers off slowly, bit by bit by bit. So that's it for today. I want to remind you all, if this resonates with you, I am doing a worthy workshop online in 10 days from when I'm recording this. It's September 26th. So I'm taking the concepts that I teach in worthy throughout the course of two months and I'm condensing it down in a two hour workshop. It's going to be freaking awesome. We are going to be talking about meditation. We are going to be talking about journaling. We're going to be talking about all of the concepts that have to do with worthiness. And we're also going to be pulling that into external factors like your relationships, your career, your finances. So I'd love for you to join me at September 26th at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. However, you don't have to be there live. I send the replay out. You also get my Air and Earth Guided Meditation and Meditation Guide album as a bonus when you sign up. The workshop is $35. There's a link down below where you can sign up, and I would love to have you there. So that's it for today. I love you all so much, and I hope you're having a great day. Talk to you soon.